Our gracious God, we thank you for the chance uh, to gather again this morning and uh, to dive into your word, uh, life in your church, life together. And we ask that you would bless our time, strengthen us, convict us, comfort us, help us to grow, to be more like Jesus, our Savior, through whom we ask these things. Amen. Well, I um, decided to give Isaac the week off. Uh, so that he could focus on studying for his exams, which he rocked and uh, passed. So that's great. And uh, this year, while he, when, whenever he's not teaching Sunday school, uh, and I do, uh, I'm just taking on topics that don't really fit into other series, but things that I think would be good to talk about. And so um, basically the series is whatever I feel like we should talk about. Um, sort of standalone issues, and it's been, you know, we've talked about uh, mass, we've talked about CRT, we talked about helping those who are grieving and things like that. Uh, and today, I just want to have a little conversation about serving. And um, the Bible talks a lot about serving. We've been talking a lot about serving lately with, uh, you know, the the renovation downstairs, with hosting presbytery, uh, and, and so on. I thought it'd be good to just pause and, and talk about serving. It's just, you know, what is serving? Uh, what do we mean by that? What is the Bible talking about when it talks about serving? Why do we serve? Uh, why should we serve? What, what motivates service in God's church? And, and then also, uh, what keeps us from serving? Just kind of, you know, what, what hurdles do we need to overcome? Uh, what lies does the enemy tell us that we need to uh, be aware of and answer with God's truth? So I just thought it'd be fun uh, just to kind of have a discussion as we, we launch, uh, just think about this today. Uh, so let's start by trying to define it. What is serving? I, Ethan, I saw your hand go up. Might have been to cover a yawn, but I saw your hand go up. So, what's serving? Okay, help those. Good. Good. Hanson's like, oh no, I just scratched my nose. He saw my hand go up. I did see your hand go up. Yeah. Putting others before yourself, good. Now I just see a lot of people looking away from me. Mr. Protzman. Interesting. So lowering yourself, raising others up. Okay. Good. Ah, Doing so with no expectation of return. Good. Good. Anything else? Let's close in prayer. No, I'm kidding. Uh, as we try to define serving, I think there are two things uh, that I'd like to emphasize in regards to what serving is. Two things I want to emphasize. Uh, first is serving benefits others. Okay, that's the first thing. 
And, and the second is serving comes at a cost. It benefits others and it comes at a cost. And so I want to spend a little time explaining what I mean by those two things. But those are my two big tenets. Uh, and, and I will explain why that it's not just me that says that, but the Bible itself. Um, but that first one is serving is doing something that benefits others. Now, I, I get that this should be obvious. We shouldn't need to say this. So why do you think I'm bringing it up? That serving benefits others. Okay, good. Yes. Good, we'd rather serve ourselves. Good. Uh huh. Yeah, it's all about me, right? Good, absolutely. We, we don't want to benefit others. We, we're always on the lookout for ourselves and, and, and kind of living life to its fullest, right? Uh, and so you think about all all the slogans out there, right? Right now that are, uh, if it feels good, do it, right? It, uh, if it feels right, it can't be wrong, right? Um, or uh, how many people right now are talking about self care, me time, right? Like in the most self indulgent period in history, everybody's worried about not caring for themselves enough. Um, that is not our big problem right now is that we are too focused on other people. Um, sorry uh, to step on anybody's toes with reality, but you know, that's not our big problem right now. Um, but but even, even another aspect that I think we need to kind of address is, is this idea that's crept into the church where, where service is more determined by what the server wants to do rather than what is actually needed, right? And so I've heard comments uh, like this. All the places to serve are places that don't really interest me. There's no place for me to serve, right? I'm not making that up. Right, I have, I have heard like that exact sentence and variations of it, or, or something like this. My gifts are X. X for those who don't know, it just kind of means anything. Uh, and the church isn't allowing me space to use my gifts and to serve. The way I think, right? So what's wrong with these kinds of statements? I mean, have you heard things like this? Or am I just the only one? Okay. Okay. What is wrong with statements like that? They're self-centered, right? Who's really being served? Them. Casanova. Charlemagne. Charles. I can only serve if it's easy, right? Um, yeah. What else? Yeah, Jonathan.
Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I think there is, and it's dying to self and being made alive to Christ and finding our identity and our union in Christ. Right. Being made more like our Master. Right. Um, but yes, yeah, so these comments are more about the one serving than they are in the one being served, right? They're driven by a desire to find a place to do something that they enjoy doing, uh, whether that's singing or, 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 or playing an instrument or, or some other thing. Um, but they're not, at the end of the day, really driven by needs or benefiting others. Uh, they're actually not about serving, really, at the end of the day. Because, because if no one's asking for it, no one needs it, right? Then you're not finding a need and filling it. You're creating <laughs> a need, or you're being the needy one. Um, serving's about doing something for others, it might be what's needed. It might be what's wanted, right? We serve. We don't. We don't just say, "Well, you don't really need that, so I'm not going to do it." Sometimes we do things that people want, not just need. I, I want to be careful there. But serving means putting the desires of others before your own. And 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 we need to think about that, right? When we talk about wanting to serve, because what what sometimes we're saying is, "I want to feel like I'm serving." <laughs> without a cost, right? Um, And that's the second point, right? Serving comes at a cost. Um, Serving is costly. What are some of the things serving can cost us? Time. Time. And money. Money. Good. Time, money. I think there's lots of other things. Those are good starts. Physical comfort. Uh huh. Other resources like gas or food or. Yeah. Things you enjoy that you have to give up, right? Like food. Like, yeah, I'm. I, I, yeah. Yeah, it can cost you fun and pleasure and enjoyment. Absolutely. It can cost a sense of security, and that again is comfort, but safety if you're serving in a dangerous situation. Yeah, I'm reading uh, right now Irena Semler's story. I don't know if you've heard of her. Not a Christian by any means, but... uh, someone in Poland during World War II who uh, helped sneak uh, 2,500 Jewish children out of the the Warsaw Ghetto uh, and find adoptive uh, Polish families. And every, every one came at a risk to her own life. And it's, it's, you risk safety, security, right? Now that might be an extreme example, but yes, right? 
Um, now, what he's mentioned, one of the hardest things for me to give up, sleep, right? Uh, sometimes serving people like means going to bed later or getting up earlier, and that's I mean, I'm just going to be honest, like, that's sacred and hard, right? But that, that's painful. I think uh, the new lady raised her hand first, and then did Judy, did you raise her? Judy's an old friend. Um, I would say they tried because they were above the church. Oh, yeah. Yes. You go clean up somebody's mess, right? And it's hard not to think, I'm above this, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely pride. It costs you sometimes dignity, right? Charlie? Just as an asterisk on time, which has already been said, but perhaps you've done this. Have you ever had to repeat yourself you know, in any of the serving that you've done? Uh, show up, not just once, but multiple times. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like every time my elders ask me for information that I've already sent them. Oh, did I say that out loud? Uh, what they're really doing is asking for clarification. <laughs> yes, yes. I know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. A, a, a second time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why do I need to? Why do I need to make this point? That it, why do I have to point out that it's costly? And here are all the things it can cost. Well, yeah, because we're crafty. This is going to shock everyone, right? But like we all know that we're supposed to serve, but then we try to figure out the easiest, least costly way to tick that box. Um, or, or to say, I'm going to focus on things that are mutually beneficial, things that don't only benefit others but are fun for me so that, so that it's not costly, right? Um, and it's not that those things don't serve in a way. Look, I'm not saying that you don't ever benefit when you serve others. Um, But when the Bible calls us to serve, it has something else in mind than the easy, mutually beneficial, uncostly way. Um, Let me read a passage that is familiar to all of us, but but think about what we've been talking about as, as you listen. It's Matthew 20, verses 25 to 28. Jesus called them to him, his disciples, and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, 
and their great ones exercise authority over them, it shall not be so among you. But whoever be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Right? So, what do you hear in that passage? We're to be Christ-like. Okay, so in other words, our model for service, because he says you, you, you need to be a servant, but he says even as, right? He, he patterns that service after Jesus. Specifically, what about Jesus, Gary? Well, he served, he gave yeah. It's not just saying, remember Jesus like fed people, um, right? Washed their feet, but he laid down his, like it's the cross that Jesus uh, sets up Right as the picture when he of what he means when he tells us to serve. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, right. So when he when Jesus talks to his disciples and he calls them to serve, he roots that instruction in in the cross. That's the model for us. His death on the cross. Why do you think he did that? Yes, Charlie. Because it is the exact opposite of what the world says about serving. Right. Or using power. It is humiliation. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Think about the, the two things I started off by saying: serving includes or entails, or what makes up serving. Right. How do you see those two things in what Jesus says? For whom did he go to the cross? Okay, for the elect. For me. For himself? No. It was something that benefited others, right? And it came at a great cost, right? The cross was not for his benefit but ours, and it came at a great cost. See, this this is where I'm getting my definition. I'm not just pulling it out of thin air. Like if that's the model, this is what we see. It's something that benefit other um, Jesus didn't look around and say, what are my strengths and why won't anybody give me an opportunity to need, use these? Right? He's like, I'm really good at dying. That's not what he said. He said, where is the greatest need? I'm on it. That's key. That's the model. When the Bible talks about serving, that's what it's saying. And he was willing to meet that need, though it came at the greatest cost to himself. 
If that's not what we're thinking about when we think about serving, we're, we're not playing with the Bible's description. Because this is when he says, Jesus says, whoever would be great must become a servant. He goes on and explains, this is what I mean. Follow my pattern of sacrifice to serve others, to benefit others. Yes, Charlie. Exchange. Mm-hmm. And this isn't the only passage that says this sort of thing, right? Uh, I, I could think, I could add many, but let me just add one more. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Uh, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, held on to, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a Servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Again, when the Bible says serve, it says follow the example of Christ in his death. Right? Humbling. Putting our pride to death. He did what was necessary to help others. He... He didn't set the agenda. He met the need. It was painful, costly, unpleasant, and he did it. And the Bible says that this is to be your attitude, that this is the model of serving that the Bible is talking about, that it's costly. So if that's the case, if if serving benefits others and not us, if it's costly, why in the world would we do it? Not a rhetorical question. <laughs> yes. Peter said in First Peter two um, twenty one, for to this you were called, mm-hmm. because Christ also suffered for us for you, leaving us an example that you should follow in His steps. Good. So there's two things there. You were called to it, right? This is this this is your calling. This is a command, but it's rooted. In, in who Jesus is and what he has done. Good, I like that. Judy, you had your hand up? Because he commands it, right? So I think that's the first thing, right? We're commanded to. Go serve. Have this mind. To this you are called. Um, good. Charlie? Yes. And my command is to obey the Father. Mm-hmm. And my Father said to me, go and die for the ones you love. Right. So we go and die for the ones we love. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and there's gonna, we're going to see that some of that more in the sermon uh, this morning as well. I like that. Dave? Um, you know, as you've been talking about um, Jesus' attitude and the whole thing, he says, Father, glorify you through me. Right. 
Yeah, and yeah, exactly. We 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 obey God's commands for His glory, right? Um, that's the motivation. And I I love all of these. So let me try to kind of put these all together. And, and if, you know, I think yes. First, you know, first it's commanded. Secondly, uh, we follow the model set for us, right? And, and I think um, I want to I want to pause for a second there because I think we can miss how profound that statement is. Um, serving is an essential part of who God is, not just what he does. Right? Why do I say that? It's an essential part of who he is, not just what he does. It's really interesting, right? Our catechism uh, asks, what is God? Right? Interesting question. What is God? Who knows the answer? I... Excellent. Yeah, Michelle's got it, right? Isaac better have it too. Because he just got examined on all these things. Too soon. Too soon. No, but right. No, I, I think he gave essentially that answer in his exam. And that's great. The question is what, right? Now, if you went back and asked a Jew, and it's, it's a very good, solid, and accurate and biblical answer. Like explaining, like, what do we mean by, by deity, by God? When we talk about a God... The true God, this is what we mean, right? He's infinite. He's not a creation. He's you know, eternal. He's not bound by time. He's good. He's just. You know, he's, you know, all these things. But it, what's interesting is, is God doesn't usually ask the question, what is God in the Bible? What does he usually answer? Who is God, right? So whenever he defines himself to Israel, what does he say? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, I'm the God who delivered you from slavery. I, yes, in action, because in action he reveals who he is, right? Uh, in other words, I am the God who serves the enslaved, is God's preeminent way of, of identifying him in himself. This is who I am. I am the one who serves those who cannot serve themselves, that is like, if you read the Old Testament, that is his favorite way of identifying himself. The servant of the oppressed. The servant of the enslaved. The helper of the helpless. That's cool. Right? That's who he is. Over and over, if you read the Old Testament, which I highly recommend. It's, it's, it's right before the New Testament. Um, that's who he says he is. The God who brought you out of slavery. That's beautiful. It's an essential aspect of who he is. Yeah, Charlie. But Pastor Brad, we've never been enslaved. Never have we been enslaved, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. If only. Right. I was born in slavery. How about you? Yeah. Um, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery to sin. I am the one who serves the enslaved. It's more than just bringing this out. Just what he's bringing us to. 
into right and it died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is Romans six through eight. Just as Israel is in slavery in Egypt, you were in slavery to sin, right? And then you get to chapter 8, and just as I brought them into the promised land, nothing will separate you from the love of God, and you will dwell in my presence forever. Oh, it's so good, right? Yeah, that's who God is. He is the servant, right? Um, we serve because our chief and our great goal is to be like God, who is a servant, and we can't be like him if we don't serve. It's not just what he does, it's who he is. And isn't that what the passages that we read in Matthew and Philippians said? We serve because Jesus served us. We serve because we belong to a God who serves we serve because God serves. And, and our, our greatest end is to be like him. And we can't, we can't be like our God if we don't lower ourselves and serve others. It's an essential part of what it means to be a Christian. Not, not something Christians do, it's something Christians are. But is that it? Is that the only reason... Is it just because God commands it, just because of who he is, or is there anything more? I think this gets a little bit at what Charlie was getting at. The crazy thing, right, is that when God changes your heart and when you become more like him and your heart becomes more like his, serving becomes a joy. It becomes a delight. Because he delights in it, we learn to delight in it. Think about Hebrews 12, right? Therefore, since we have been surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand. Of the God, the, um, of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In other words, um, it's not saying that that the cross was a joy, but what it would accomplish, the joy that that was 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 to be obtained, gave him. A, a willingness and even a pleasure in doing, not the pleasure of the, the pain, but the pleasure of serving his people. One of the craziest things you, you learn when, when you get married and you have children is, is that serving these people whom you love is, is like, you find, you're like, I, I, I take pleasure in this. This is a gift. And the more you learn to love others, you find joy in serving them as well.
Yeah. No, it's not. And I think it's harder in the little things. Um, those of you who have been at some of the weddings I've done know that one of the things I, I point out, you know, it, especially when I look at Ephesians 5, right? Uh, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and laid down his life for her, right? Um, I can tell you that if my wife or my children's life was on the line, I would take pleasure in standing in their place. Not in the death, but in the service, right? And I think a lot of us get that. That's actually not the hard part. The hard part is living, not dying for the one you love, but living for the one you love. And the moment by moment, day by day, acts of sacrifice, I think is in many ways harder. When, 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 when the consequences are cataclysmic, I think we have an easier time knowing the calling. Then it's like, do I get off the couch and do the dishes? That's harder in some ways. Not right. And, and it, it is counter to our souls. Yeah, if you die early on in the race, the race is over. Yeah. You're no longer running, you're tired, you're exhausted, your legs burning. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just think of the contrast. Dying once, even to save your family, living constantly doing it. It's hard. It, it really, really is. Yeah. Um, but you just read it. That's the call. It, it, I'm not disagreeing with Sean, but it, it, the Bible like accounts for that. It does. It expects that. It it addresses that because that is the struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Charlie, saw your hand go. Right. Yeah. So, uh, in just the few minutes that remain, let's let's kind of dive in a little bit. I know time flies when you're <laughs> when you're talking about service. Um, so, kind of picking up on what Sean said, um, what is it that keeps us from serving more in the ways that Jesus calls us to do it? What are the impediments? Selfishness and pride. Selfishness and pride. Okay. Fear, okay. How does that? How does that selfishness, that pride, and fear express itself? What are the What are the excuses that get made, Charlie? Nobody's going to listen to this. Oh, it's not going to be. Okay. Right. Right. Um, yes. Exactly. Right. What if Jesus said, okay, I'm willing to go to the cross. What do I get in return? <laughs> yeah. Right. He did, but it wasn't reciprocation. It was the Lord's good pleasure. Right. 
And that's the twist, right? Um, I, I'm going to come back to that because I, I, I'd like to end there. I think there's a number of other uh, excuses that come to mind. They're a little less deep. Right. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's easy to lose sight of that if you if you aren't partaking of it, if you aren't putting it in your in your mind and in your soul every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and and you guys are, are going straight to the big things and I appreciate that. I th- I think there are a number no, I do. I, I, I think there's a number of small excuses that we give, right? I'm too I'm unworthy. I, well yeah, I'm unworthy. Like I don't have any gifts. Um, now, granted, some things require unique skills, but not not most of serving, right? Um, some things like, do you know how to sweat a copper pipe? I don't, okay? Um, okay, but maybe I could show up and learn so that next time I could, right? I've just never done it, and I know I don't know how to do it, but I'm sure Dave could teach me. Um, and, and maybe I just show up to be his hands and to learn, right? And sometimes you do need a unique skill. Right. If you don't know anything about electricity, please don't wire our building. Uh, I get that, but but so many of the things you know, you can learn how to cook a dish and serve a family who's just had a baby or come out of the hospital. Right. You can open up your home and have hospitality. You can show up and, and set tables up, take chairs down. You know, uh, serve in the nursery. Yeah, Charlie. Yes. Why don't we have the time? I'm sorry. Yeah. Right, we're too busy. And what does that really mean? It means we don't plan our schedules to leave space for that. Mm-hmm. We're really good at filling up our time with things that we like. Yeah. And we overfill, and then when opportunities to serve come along, we don't have any. Yeah, priorities. Um, I, yeah. I, I um I, I heard something about farmers once, and it was like this: um, they are always busy, and they always have time to help their neighbors. Um, well, good for that, I know, right? Uh, and I think it's true. Uh, maybe not of every farmer, but in general, they aren't lazy sitting around doing nothing. But if someone shows up and says, "I need help," that becomes the priority, and they they come back to what they were working on. Um, and yeah, Charlie. <laughs> um, and sometimes that's just to talk. Um, uh, when we moved onto our current street, it's a little bit more rural, and the neighbors are always out, or at least some of the neighbors are always out working and doing things. But you come by, the tractor goes off, and you just chat for forty-five minutes. And like in our old neighborhood. No one had time. It was just, you know, it was, you know, just go, 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 come, 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 you know. And it was just interesting. And um, I, I saw that, too, when I was up in Canada. Um, uh, I was with Larry Wilson. He wanted to show me the, um, another guy's uh, uh, farm. We showed up, and he comes out of the barn. He had just helped, you know, he had been up till 3, helping a, 
a, a, a cow calf and uh, all that. But he just shuts everything down. We chat for 45 minutes. He had a thousand things to do. But he was just like, we got company, right? Um, and it was just, there's that interesting, like, the people were the priority. Other things will get done. And I, I do think that that's it. Um, I'm going to, times, times up. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Look, <laughs> why would I argue with you? why would I argue with you what your conscience is clearly saying? No, um, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I do think there are some people who never know how to slow down and rest, and, and sometimes they're just hiding from things, and and other things are going on. Um, but you also get people who will sit there holding a five dollar cup of coffee who say, "I just can't afford to help," and you're thinking. Probably not, unless you start, you know. Uh, or, or it's like, I would love to help, but we're going to go see the latest Marvel movie. It's like, maybe you tell your friends something came up, you know, I'll catch the next Marvel movie that comes out next week. Um, you know, it, balance. So we're too busy. It's too costly. We want to serve, but we don't want to serve with a cost. Serving's going to come at a cost, period. Um, we need to stop thinking that we can fulfill God's call to serve and not pay the cost. We, we just need to put that thought to, to bed. Um, we only want to serve in certain ways. Well, help responds to, to needs uh, of others, not your interests. Um, I can tell you that the cross certainly didn't interest Jesus. It wasn't, he didn't do it because it fit him. Uh, he did it because it met our needs. Um, we don't think we have any skills to offer. We already heard that one, right? Um, a lot of serving doesn't require special skills. Um, uh, I think sometimes we wait to be personally asked. Um, or, and, and, or we think somebody else will do it. Uh, there's a, a statistic that 80% of the work done in the church is done by 20% of the people, and, and that's probably true. Um, I, think, I think there's certain people who hear a, a general call for help, and they, they respond, and other people who just like, wait to be asked personally. And I, I don't think that that's right. We should be looking for opportunities. And then the last one, is, is, and I want to come back, I said I'd, I'd, I'd come back full circle, is the danger of bitterness. I've served and I served and no one else has and I'm tired and I'm done. And we got to be really careful. The Lord warns us regularly about letting a root of bitterness grow. Um, and um, I'm not saying it's wrong to take a break periodically but we do need to guard against the enemy whispering that discontent 
into our hearts because that will suck the joy right out of it. Um, let your service be between you and God. Um, service will benefit others. It will come at a cost. And joy will be found when, when, you, when you lay it as a gift at your Father's feet um, out of gratitude for the God who first served you. You know, lots more could be said, but I just thought those that would be a helpful you know time to just meditate. We've been talking a lot about service lately, um, but just to kind of pause and, and refresh ourselves and remind ourselves where it's rooted and, and why, uh, what it looks like, um, and and what we need to be um, on guard about. It's it's that time, so I'm going to close us in prayer, and, and uh, hopefully the. This is just the beginning of, of, of thinking about and discussing these things, not the end. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that you are the God who serves. And that you find joy in helping those who can't help themselves. May we be more like you. And may we learn to find joy in it. Guard us against um, excuses, frustration, Resentment. Teach us delight in the privilege it is to serve in your house. Father, we ask all this through Christ, who came not to to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as our ransom. We pray this in his name. Amen.